My name's Henry. And you're here with me now. My life! Hi, welcome to Cinemat. I'm here with Rick Alverson, whose new film, The Comedy, is coming out in theaters in November, as well as VOD and other many ways of watching a movie. Rick, how's it going? Hi, it's going well. <laughs> how uh, how did you get to uh, the comedy? I guess this is a giant question. Um, you've done a lot of music, and you've done a lot of films, but uh, but I do think it's interesting. If somebody sees the comedy, they don't really have the idea. They may think you are... Uh, just some guy making his first film and bitching about our generation, but your uh, your past films have been completely different, even like straightforward dramas, right? Straightforward what? More of a actual drama. Uh, I mean, yeah, the, I, I had two films previous: The Builder and New Jerusalem, and uh, both about sort of uh, Irish immigrant uh, experience. Instances and uh, I was sort of kind of finding my way in the in the thing and became really interested in using unscripted dialogue and you know sort of developing a relationship with the medium to for uh, um, and became sort of interested in gray areas uh, in communication and and. Uh, uh, you know, playing against stereotypes while using stereotypes, and mm -hmm. yeah. So, uh, but they're they're pretty quiet movies. That's why many people haven't heard of them. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, but uh, yeah, so it it is a, a turn for something that is has brighter colors and is a bit louder. The comedy, for certain. Right. Do you think this was something in your head for uh, a while though, the subject or to make a film about? Well, I mean, it to me, it's related to the other movies and a general interest I have in upcoming movies about just the, the concept of America and, and how, how much of like a disconnect between you know the, the world and the idea of America and between the actual experience of being an American and, and the concept of being an American and uh, um, utopias and, and things like this I mean that's that's sort of what I return to um, and I think that, you know, the comedy essentially is a particular sort of like in the wake of a kind of utopian uh, conception insofar as that, that, that it shows a group of people who have uh, a seemingly unlimited resources and they live in a, in a state of, you know, perpetual leisure. Um, but uh, as far as working with, you know, comics and exploring uh like a more kind of recreational communication in in the thing and this sort of stuff. I I think that and and some of the vulgarity and like the obscenity in the thing and I mean that sort of is a bit new for me and I think came out of uh, I I it's difficult to pinpoint exactly. I mean, mm -hmm. um, but I mean I had I had a, a a rough year prior to writing the movie and uh, just I think a, a rough year just in general or were you trying to. It, Get it made. I had, well, no, no, no. I had I, I experienced a really pro profoundly difficult, like personal for personal uh, mm -hmm. events, <laughs> right. and uh, I was had had sort of a, a, a renewed interest in in indifference and cruelty and these sort of things and exploring, you know, uh, the the what what makes a person capable of of 
of feeling and, and what makes them incapable of feeling. And I think initially that interest was about like approaching, you know, desensitization through through this. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's good Without to ha- being too specific. It's good to have a, a direct motivation for making a film. It is. <laughs> is it, did I just describe a direct motivation? I think. I, th- I think I just. I just lambasted you with like an avalanche of of uh, of of uh, vagueness. <laughs> but personally, you had a very direct motivation for making it. I yeah. think it was a catalyst. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I think we're the we're at least if not the first generation um we're early on the ruler for being a generation that is uh pretty vicious about themselves and i guess i guess that's saying maybe incredibly self-conscious where it's it's the whole notion of being a hipster being a slacker has come up with us i mean i'm 42 and you're an old guy i'm 41 and we've had not like we've seen as much as other generations, we've had that, like you're saying, we've had that incredible amount of leisure and the incredible amount of media scrutiny upon ourselves to where, um, you know, people would live a certain way, whether it's a slacker way, hipster way, just being a young, a young person with a lot of opportunity to not have to work hard. And, uh, and then also like kind of hate ourselves for it and hate each other. Um, right. Yeah. There. I mean, so do you feel like you've you knew a lot of people that these characters are based on? Not so specifically, but it's just uh, you could. I mean, you know, all of the tr- the tropes and all of the you know the 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 signifiers and stuff are very familiar to me and 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 my generation and thing. You know, I live in Richmond, Virginia. It's certainly it's like a starter city, as people have you know labeled it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I've been here for seventeen years, so I guess I'm still starting. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I think that, uh, you know, I mean, it's just in urban areas that, you know, it's a particular, there's a particular, you know, way of, there's, they're just recognizable attributes and characteristics, uh, that, that are, that were just easy to engage in. Um, uh, but then more importantly, I was looking for the idea of taking a place like Williamsburg and, and, you know, those attributes and characteristics and trends that, that were there at some point, you know, uh, mm-hmm. uh, or, 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 or still are, you know, I mean, just using it as an epicenter as like a, a magnified example of some of the things you're talking about, you know, uh, uh, that we all experience, you know, and that I've experienced as a, as a, a you know, a middle-class person all my life, um, that there is an unlimited amount of resources and, and particularly an unlimited amount of information, you know, mm-hmm. that, that is disproportionate to the entire world. I mean, we, we live in a, and, and, and it's, it's, you know, it's, it's strange that so many young people can get by with so little work, you know, and, and so much leisure and so little like actual utility or use to themselves, you know, and I mean, this has been coming on for a long time in America, you know, uh, I mean, for 60 yeah. years, 70 years, you know, uh, I mean, it's, you know, I, I still occasionally, uh, I, I was, uh, you know, run into to younger people or, or at their houses inevitably, you know, you see a lot of uh, a beat literature still, you know, I mean, it's that like, it's, it's a, uh, it's a strange, it's a strange phenomenon in a global sense, you know, the amount of, of, 
potential uselessness that that we can explore the, the, and the and the severity of the existential crisis that is a, a luxury that's afforded us you know yeah um, is there um, is there a, a sort of a similar scene in Richmond do you find the stuff in smaller towns or is it just in a, it's always going to be this kind of a scene in a larger town because every uh, every artistic center eventually is going to become a Disneyland and, right you know and which shouldn't be a bad thing really i mean if you're a young gay kid in a small midwestern town where it's not easy to be yourself there yeah. sh- there should be some place like silver lake or brooklyn that you can go and you can be yourself right right but i mean that makes sense i moved to new york when i was when i was in my uh my early tw- 20s and uh i i i felt that there was a welcoming kind of thing there because there was such diversity and um uh lived in the lower east side and uh and it was quite a different place quite an, an uglier place and quite a more exciting place and and less less sort of tepid um mm-hmm. but uh you know it definitely was a was a respite from the the suburban kind of you know F- philadelphia suburban blandness yeah. you were there did you grow up in philly I grew up outside of Philadelphia, yeah, near King of Prussia Mall, one of the biggest malls in America. <laughs> and then, uh, but you didn't have, did you have a place, a better place to go? Well, I, I, I lived in a, in a particular kind of very bizarre vacuum all of my, my youth, and it was a, a ice skating rink. I, was a, I grew up as a, a, a competitive ice skater. And it's fascinating. <laughs> is it fascinating to you as it is to everybody I mean, else? Yeah, it's a very bizarre thing. And you don't meet very many people that spend their entire youth inside of a, an ice skating rink. Um, so, yeah, it was, you know, from age 8 until uh, 19 when I became professional and taught briefly. And then I, I, I exited that world out of a kind of disgust and, and, and took up a dishwashing job. Wait, did you went to dishwashing from figure skating? Yes, immediate from figure skating, like 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 two days after I quit, you know. Uh, and figure skating coaches can make you know they make decent money. It was it was sort of my education, what I was, what I was prepped for from age you know. I I don't know the my my mom set me on the rink when I was like six years old or something. You know, you just wake up one day and you find yourself. Oh, I'm a I'm a figure skater, you know. And uh, were you doing yeah. mu- music all along though too? What's that? Were you doing music too? Uh, no, I, I, I sort of, I, I, I had always wanted to, and I just sort of picked it up uh, in my early twenties, uh, kind of just before I put out a put out that first record. Oh wow! So that's that's super late. That's great. So with uh, so with the comedy, so coming off of New Jerusalem, which is I think a great film, and and but like completely different. Did you uh, sort of see something in comedians as actors that really interested you, or was it something more about specific you knew Tim and Eric? Uh, you know, I, I I kind of have this 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 interest in in I remember work with more actors than I ever have that are straight up actors, and I and I did I have I have worked with actors, but. You know, started I, the first two movies were predominantly non-actors, except for Will Oldham, who was, who isn't predominantly an actor. He's a he's a musician and a performer, so right. it sort of was still an oblique kind of approach to the thing uh, for me. 
and uh, I was kind of, you know, I, I, I like the idea of working with, with people who are familiar with scrutiny of, of an audience but aren't necessarily steeped in the, in the conventions of uh, uh, movie making, you know, mm-hmm. um, where they, there's still a, a lot of, like, I don't know, they're, they haven't developed as many uh, opinions or prejudices about the methodology and stuff. Uh, and so the idea of working with comedians was attractive just because, I, you know, they're, they're, there's the same sort of relationship to, you know, a comfort with scrutiny, you know. They, everybody from, you know, Tim and Eric and Greg, I mean, they were so gracious and understanding of the way that I wanted to work, which was, you know, in, in incorporating and recontextualizing some of these their actual, you know, uh, uh, behavior or characteristics, you know, and fictionalizing them and tweaking them into this awful thing. And the way that Tim and Eric work and the way that I work, I mean, they're they're very similar in a way. I mean, uh, so it, there wasn't a lot of you know explanation or defense about the way that that I've come to work. So it seems like they would have uh, they've got that right, and most com- many comedians do. Good comedians have that right understanding of uh, how to play something realistic, how to play something deadpan. And even though it might be giving a laugh or it might be getting some sort of um, some sort of particular uh, reaction to never break the character, to, to sort of use the dialogue in the right way. So were you doing a lot of improv or script or, or you found like you could do both? I mean, with just just like the other two movies, I, they're they're all 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 of the scripts are don't have any scripted dialogue. They have suggested, you know, there's like what needs to be conveyed in the scene is in the paragraph that that, that you know, often you know, sixteen to twenty pages, and they 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 have very de- definite architecture and structure to them, and they're and they're very particular about what needs to be conveyed and what needs to be achieved in each scene. Um, but you know, I, I utilize the Nate. Uh, characteristics and voices of the of of individuals, you know. That's why the casting mm-hmm. obviously is so important. But there's it's uh, you're not letting people just go off and like film for an hour and hope you get something. Well, no, out of it. no, typically not. No, typically I'll just I'll shoot like three takes, and it's and it's very. Uh, I, I it's kind of similar in a in a way, way to maybe how Mike Lee works, except that I I I I don't do rehearsals. It's not like. I don't develop the dialogue from improvisational sort of things. It's just it's shot the first time. There's there's prior to that. There's there's uh, there's just conversations and and uh, you know sometimes uh, uh, well it, it, with 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 the exception of the group scenes with uh, uh, Tim and Eric and James and Jeff Jensen. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, those scenes we shot for a long time, and that was a more of a of a of a of a typically improvisational kind of thing, uh, mm-hmm. and it was also incredibly meandering and, and very loose. I mean, we, we the the direction was that we needed to hit, you know, there were certain suggestions about McVeigh and Manson and and you know like these these real like a, a rationalizing and providing a like a, a you know defenses of these these things i mean this so it was like this intellectual exercise with them but i mean the way that they interact with one another is is you know even tim will say i mean there is a coded kind of way of speaking in a 
in an ironic sort of way. I mean, that there's a game to just the, the basic communication, you know, mm-hmm. that is sort of like a phenomenon in itself, you know, a modern sort of phenomenon. Um, so it, it made sense to explore that in a more traditional kind of loose way, you know, because they were exploring this thing. I mean, that was the social interaction. What the, the, the way that we were, we were creating it was also the subject matter of it, so... Yeah, I think the film does a good job of balancing that where it doesn't become just ironic and just, um, the, none of the characters are patting themselves, or you don't feel like the actors are patting themselves on the back for, like, making a cultural statement. Is it, like, was there a lot of work to do in the editing, or were you worried about, like, I'm sure that was something you were worried about, you, these, the people come off authentic, and I'm, I'm assuming it took some work to get there. Yeah, I mean that's you know that's one of my when I'm actually going through the the, the edit. I mean I'm I'm less looking for even content than I am for a kind of authenticity to the performances, you know, mm-hmm. um, and to sort of like and 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 that you know it, what hits the the right tonal kind of mark, you know. Uh, I get I, that's part of the reason why I don't write dialogue is because I, I, I narratively it doesn't really interest me, you know. I don't I don't mm-hmm. want to like uh, you know it provides like. Like like texture and their their marks that that are hit and there are things that need to be conveyed. Uh, a lot is created in the edit, I'd, I'd say, you know. And I think that a lot is a lot is abandoned and a lot is changed. And that you know, I I think that that, that maybe it probably happens more with this type of filmmaking than it does with a, a stricter kind of conventional scripted thing. Mm-hmm. Because it's so reliant on it's it's so re, that thing is so reliant on what what was captured, and there's a lot less of this tonal ambiguity in it. Do you think that audience reaction has been what you've prepared for? Yeah, I've been really really psyched. I think that uh, I'm really happy that, that that people are responding, you know, to it in a really dynamic kind of way, uh, and that they're. That it's equally in equal equal measures troubling and 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 mm-hmm. you know entertaining for them. I mean, I think that the the humor and the thing and the audacity of it and the, some people find repugnant, other people find you know uh, really enjoyable, and that's that's all fine. I think that if it, it you know it, it definitely is a way in to explore some of these murkier kind of you know conflicted things, and uh, um, I I'm happy with the experiment. I think that it seems to be connecting and and so. in both in both ways yeah <laughs> people like it and I, I mean i'm a bit surprised that some of the people who've um nobody like thinks it's a uh, bad filmmaking that i've talked to that haven't responded to it positively right <laughs> what do they think <laughs> some people are a few people were like yeah i get it i get the point and they don't want to take the trip and i, I think my response was like well if Look, I mean, it's, there's so many times you see a film character and like, yeah, you're not supposed to like that guy. You do always like that guy, though. You like Pacino, whether you know the actor playing it and it's never really another person. Oh, that guy is like a killer. That guy is like a terrible lawyer. That guy's a rapist. You're, you're, you're consistently feeling like you're in a movie and you don't really hate that person. And this film, and with a lot of films that'll, that'll work on this sort of level, I guess basically like a more independent-minded level, Right. It's like, oh, yeah, you know what? You're not really supposed to love this guy. You're supposed to see things in him that you may relate to. And there's some things, man, there's some stuff that's really funny. But um, that's the whole point. You're not supposed to, like, it's not supposed to be easy to watch, right? 
Yeah, I think that this. I I, I get sort of really irritated with with. You know, there's this deep desire in people that watch movies in, in well. I mean, I can we have to speak of America because that's where where we are at the moment. And mm. and uh, <laughs> my experience has been an American experience. <laughs> uh, so uh, there's a particular way that people. I mean, there's a deep desire, and I think this is because they had been. You know, I don't. I don't know. I mean, there's I guess some kind of filmic, you know, history that would would aid in understanding this, but. Uh, deep desire for people to be placated and to for for there to be a kind of self affirmation and and you know to people to be propped up and and uh uh you know supported by what they're seeing that it should it should reinforce it it, it you know the, typically they desire for it to be in it and it has in in a larger commercial sense reinforced people's conceptions of the world you know mm. it's and, and and it acts as a comforting mechanism in that way and uh it's so much so that i think that some people are are offended when when with the uncertainty of the thing and particularly this idea of of likable characters is 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 totally confounding to me i mean mm -hmm. i don't know if it's 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 absent in a lot of like literature, I don't know. Is, is Russ Kolnikov from Crime and Punishment? Is he is he a likable character? You know, <laughs> axe murder. I don't think so. I mean, it's like it's just uh, I. Well, the I, people these films. If somebody was to remake that, you know, if Hollywood was to remake that, they couldn't put. They'd put a star. They'd put somebody hot, in that role. Right. <laughs> and maybe oh, they put some makeup on, on him. Oh. Wow, look at that look at that acting job he did, but it's still Tom Hanks. That's awesome. I mean, it's 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 a bit of a shame too because I mean, we go out in the world and we walk around in the day and see how many people do we see that we are just feeling, you know, sympathy with, you know? Mm -hmm. We just feel a lot of ambivalence about everything and everyone. And then we want to to go and 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 sit in these controlled environments and make believe that the way that we experience the world is is through some deep connection with individuals. You know, mm -hmm. I, I I think that there needs to be some some uh, you know a, a little hell raised in in that disconnect and you know I don't know. Did you uh, did you try to raise money for this film in a traditional way, or did you know it was always going to kind of be on the edge, so you just went ahead and did it? The independent record label Jag Jaguar uh, financed uh, the comedy, and they financed my first two movies. And mm -hmm. uh, so you didn't have to go into any rooms and sort of pitch this idea. No, I had to develop a relationship with them, and they were in just they're, they're, I have like a partnership with them, and they have an incredible amount of trust in me, and I have an incredible amount of gratitude, and you know, with them. And so I just, um, you know, pitched. Yeah, I, I pitched the concept, and and uh, I don't even think, I don't even think they all read the script. Uh, <laughs> the first two movies, I just gave them synopsis, and we went ahead. So, I mean, I've been very fortunate. Yeah, um, that's incredibly trusting. Because if if yeah. you told some people like, "Oh, I'm going to make this film with Tim and Eric," they probably would have had a different idea in mind. It's okay. harder now to like make an independent film that's uh, independent-minded. That's why I was trying to. I try to bring up that term more often. Independent film and independent-minded are just not the same thing anymore. No, it seems like isn't isn't there a uh, evidence that kind of you know uh, there's a, there's almost like a little Hollywood that's developing in the independent realm. I mean, uh, I don't. I mean, maybe that's just the nature of the thing because there there was there's 
it seems you know independent film was an alternative to the Hollywood tropes and then suddenly the young people affiliated themselves with independent film and then there's money to be made and then you know there's I don't know there's there has haven't you noticed that over the past yeah. 20, 30 years, there's been a morph of that so-called independent space into a more, like, conventional, like, like blandness, for lack of a better word. It's just the people aping Hollywood movies, but they're doing it with $8 million. Right. <laughs> Which is still, like, a ridiculous amount of money to tell a story. Yeah. And the idea now is still, like, uh, oh, you're going to make an indie film, but these people still have to go through the same, oh, well, we have to make sure this kind of audience is going to like it and you got to right. make sure it looks like this I and mean, you can't make a, a film without at least somebody who's known are you worried that the comedy might get to a, only a crowd that just sort of agrees with it is there a type of crowd that you hope it hits that maybe wouldn't be looking for it no but I've, i think that i've seen that there's a there's a there's a, a kind of stealing to the thing i mean from my experience so far that there's a there's a particular like demographic or people that are that that have decided that they that entertainment's supposed to do particular things and it's not supposed to cross particular lines and that uncertainty and and uh, you know uh, uh, you know a particular kind of protracted unseemliness is is just kind of unacceptable and it's just in bad mm-hmm. taste you know um, less bad taste than if it was made to be comfortable you know Mm-hmm. That I think that there's a particular there's a particular demographic out there that just won't they're just they just cut you off they're like you know this this is you know you you should have found a better way to do this <laughs> um, and uh, it can't it can't reach everybody um, I, I don't really have a problem offending those people though because I think that they sort of you know it's it it probably does them good you know if they would sit through the whole movie uh, I think maybe you know it would maybe disturb them in a, in a, in a more productive way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, but I mean, I would, I don't, I certainly don't want it just to hit a, like a particular demographic, you know, that's, that, that is like who you think would, would be interested in. I think it's much, it should be much broader than that. So was the comedy, was it always called the comedy? Did you, was that the title you, you wanted it Most, to have? Yeah. Yeah. Through that was sort of the working title and it just stayed with it. And I and I knew it was going to cause some problems, and I, I that just seemed more and more to be necessary and applicable, and that it should, you know, and then more fitting once once the, you know, I, I, Tim and Eric and Greg and, and and Jeff and these some of these comics got involved. Yeah, I I mean I I like it. I I can't believe nobody's used it before. It's it's almost <laughs> silly. It's like. Probably um, some... I have I have a new movie that I'm not even going to tell you the title of it because somebody <laughs> will steal it. But it's the most obvious thing in the world, and there isn't a movie named it. And it's it's really? of, of it's of similar sort of like general, like gargantuan, <laughs> you know, nature as the comedy. But uh, and it's not the drama. <laughs> <laughs> I like I like that. Um, it comes across though to where people have to at least think about what type of film they're going to see. Did you sort of have that in in mind at all? Yeah, I mean, there were, you know, I, I I think both you know both Tim and I were interested in how it potentially could just confuse people, and Tim and and Eric, you know, and yeah, we, we that that was a, that was a, you know when those guys came on board and 
it was part of the consideration, you know, it was part of the design for it to be sort of this muddy, uncertain kind of thing, you know, that you're struggling with. And um, again, you know, a person would have to be up for that ride because people, and I think that's why some people have gotten angry with the film or emphatic in their, in their dismissal of it is because they're, they're sort of, they're irritated and they feel that it's a, that it's a impolite to, to uh, confuse a person. You know, when to mm-hmm. me, it's like we're most aware when we're confused, when we're uncertain. We we look we look closer and we listen more well. You know, we listen in uh, closer yeah. too. Um, well, how much better is a Hollywood movie when you turn the TV on? It's like uh, you know, thirty minutes into it. Yeah, and you're like, what the fuck's going on? <laughs> you recognize the people, but you're trying to see like, okay, this could be an action or it could be a romance. It's like at least the at least you can get, you know, the whole... I, but I think that a lot of people, they don't just enjoy it. They demand that sort of experience. That's yeah. what they want from from entertainment and, you know, is 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 to be placated and is to be, you know, uh, you know supported in their, in their mm-hmm. worldview. And so is the next film sort of, are you continuing almost like, you know, your, your vibe of the history of America? Well, the next movie is called Clement, and it's set in 1868, um, Reconstruction era of uh, Appalachia, and it mm-hmm. deals with the early Klan and and freedmen communities, and uh, um, it, it's like an anti-epic cruelty tale. It's, uh, it's sort of like in the wake of like this tumult of the war and the the conception of you know liberation of of, of four million you know slaves. It's it's like this this quiet moment where there's a, just a huge moral and and conceptual void, you know, that's mm-hmm. full of promise, but also just like absolute uncertainty, you know. So I I think that yeah, I mean, it definitely has again to do with conceptions of America and conceptions of of freedom and conceptions, you know. So. Mm-hmm. And after making uh, you know a few films and planning this new one. About uh, about America, are you still finding things to like about America in general? Um, I, I'm I'm not really big on the human race, <laughs> so I don't know. I, I mean, to, to to I think there's plenty of people that that there are good spots. The prop, yeah, but I also think there's plenty of people that like are are, are prop up America. I mean, it's right. just where I I mean I I think that that. The, you know the counter the critical voice is is an absolute necessity you know and especially through like the bush the bush years you know mm-hmm. when when it was it was some kind of social crime to to be critical of america you know i mean even to this day i mean in our in our current election where where they the idea of this apology tour where it's like give me a break yeah <laughs> yeah we should be apologizing you know we should we, we should everybody should get up in the morning and have to like uh you know, send a letter to the Blackfoot Reservation apologizing for their ancestors every yeah. morning. You know, it's like, yeah. it's like, I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm. There's just a, a, there's a particular. That doesn't mean, I, but more, it's a, it's just this idea of America that that so so much of our media and our and our politics deals with. You know, I mean, people are, you know, it's it's, we just we we sort of live in this this envelope of the shining city on the hill, you know, and that's where we find ourselves, you know, and unfortunately mm-hmm. it's just a, you know, it's just an, it's just an idea. Um, mm-hmm. so. And New Jerusalem's coming out, right? 
Yeah, New Jerusalem comes out uh, November 30th. It's opening at a new theater on, on Bedford in uh, Williamsburg called uh, Videology. Mm-hmm. You, can get, you, you know, Alamo Drafthouse style. You can get your, your wine and food there and stuff, I think. Uh, that's great. And then, uh, and then comedy is coming out. It's getting a pretty decent release. Yeah, yeah, we're doing uh, uh, like twelve cities in a traditional theatrical run, and uh, you know it's on wide VOD now and digital. But then uh, we're also working through this company called Gather. um, All right. For um, this theatrical on demand type thing, where you can go to Gather and request the movie in your town. I think we have about 120 requests so far, and people trying to. Organize and, and have screenings in in a, in a lot of a lot of smaller towns and cities. So, do you think people have a different effect with the with the comedy uh, seeing it with a group of people on a large screen as opposed to watching it at home? Oh yeah, yeah. I think it's yeah. It's 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 uh, it's definitely more conflicted and more. I mean, because I mean, people. I don't know. People like they're they're they make their decisions about what they're doing based on like. The people around him, you know, there's a real sort mm-hmm. of social uncertainty that takes takes a weird shape, and um, people, yeah, it's it's cool. I'm just seeing if other people will be laughing at something. Yeah, I mean, it's it's all the more sort of irritating if you don't find something funny and somebody's laughing at it. You know? <laughs> you, you you actually oftentimes blame the the, the film, you know, uh, when it which is bizarre because. Uh, yeah, or people. Yeah, or people can get mad at me because they find it gets displeasing subject matter. You know, it's like, whoa, right. that's very strange. It's like because you show something that's displeasing, it's like you're advocating it. That is, yeah. it's very. We're such an educated nation. It's so bizarre. That's like some kind of, yeah, needs to be padded. No, it's great. I hope people go see it. And uh, and thanks for doing this podcast, man. Thank you so much. Damage. My damage. No one comes in. Stay out. <laughs>